tonight, if you'll take your Bibles and we'll turn to 1 Samuel. First Samuel chapter 16. And we'll read the first 13 verses there. <clears throat> first Samuel 16 verses 1 through 13. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice." And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eli Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadad and made him pass before Samuel and said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shema to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went. To Rama. If you guys will do do me a quick favor tonight, just smile for me. Yeah, amens are good too. Thank you, Brother Shet. Smile. We're in the house of the Lord, amen. I know it's it's easy to when you're singing songs about joy, and I know uh, Brother Gary Riley used to always say that when he was in Shehalis. You know, you might want to tell your face what you're what you're singing. We got joy in the Lord, amen? So we can smile. Now, if you smile, I smile. Now we can all, I feel, I feel better now. Tonight, I want to talk about labels. It's got a word that can mean a few different things, but we, we label people. You see them, you go, uh, you, you have a, a thought in your mind as to who they are, what they are. Maybe how they're going to be. And they have that same towards us. So it's fair, I guess, in that sense. 
But thinking about labels, first of all, I thought of the grocery store. <clears throat> and, and the cereal aisle was one of my favorite aisles to go down. It was more of my favorite a few years back when the prices weren't so high. But the cereal aisle, what if you went down the cereal aisle and there was no labels on any of the cereals? might have trouble picking out which cereal is the one. When I was a kid, my mom, uh, she would not let us have the small cereal boxes. Anything that came in a small cereal box were the best ones, by the way. That was the Cocoa Krispies and the, you know, those, the tricks and those kinds of things, right? But we couldn't do that. But if you went down the, the cereal aisle and, and they had no labels on them, you would have no idea what you're getting. What about the canned food? Are you going to get some soup? My wife, thankful, we don't go down the canned food, uh, soup aisle at our, our house because she makes beautiful soup at home. But if you did go down that aisle and there was no labels on them at all, would you know which ones to get? You'd have no idea, right? We need labels. That's, that's pretty, pretty simple uh, thought to say. I'm not, not blowing anybody's mind here tonight, but we need labels. It's important. It tells us what the product is. It gives us the ingredients, uh, nutritional information. And some of that ingredients, nutritional information can be life-saving information, right? You got to look and see if, hey, is this something I can have? Is this been processed with peanuts or is this gluten-free or whatever the case is? A few years back, they wanted to, to have everybody label whether they were GMO-free. I had a pretty good idea. I thought if it's GMO-free, you can go ahead and put that on your label, that it's GMO-free. But they wanted to make it a law that forced people to do that. That's We're not going to go into that tonight, but... You can find out the history or the origin of a product, right? You can look at that label and you can read about it. You know, going back to cereal as a kid, right? Put the cereal in front of you and as you're eating it, you're reading about the cereal, right? Gives you directions how to cook. You could take that product and you could just throw it in and, and hopefully get it right. But some of us are better at that than others, I'm sure. But... We need directions, how to use the product properly. It could be a label uh, uh, for some sort of medicine. You think that's important to know about? So labels are pretty important. Now, what about us labeling other people? You ever felt like you, you've been labeled something that you're not? I, I remember in college... I used to, uh, I had, like to wear hats and I put my hat down low. And I remember I went into a class and just overheard somebody. It was maybe just a simple comment, but they said, that guy always looks like he's depressed. Well, the Lord spoke to me through that. He said, you know, maybe just put that hat up a little bit. Maybe smile a little bit. But they had a, a labeled me as, as something, right? <clears throat> what about words like funny? Some of that you meet, they're funny, right? Everything they say, it seems like is funny. About somebody that's arrogant, they just seem like they're better than everybody, right? What about friendly versus standoffish? What about loud and obnoxious? You know anybody like that? Yeah? I know at our house, we've got, we've, uh, we hit all of these here. Loud, obnoxious, it's the young boys, they like to make noise. There's always something coming out. But that's a good thing, I suppose, on one hand, right? Not really good for your sanity, but it's a good thing that they're making noise and that they're, they're alive. 
Not that that's been an issue around the house by any stretch, but we try to keep things safe. What about somebody that's blunt? You know somebody that's blunt? And by the way, these are labels that you could put on people, and these labels could change it around. Somebody that, that's blunt, could you, you could say they're honest. Right? They tell you exactly the way things are. We don't always want to hear exactly the way things are, do we? You know, tell me how you really feel. Somebody might be cheap. Whatever the, whatever the label is, uh, labels can be good things, but they can also be bad things. And we want to be careful as Christians how we label other people and how we label ourselves. Some of us label ourselves a certain way. What does God have to say about this? You know, perception is reality, right? Not necessarily, but as people's perception is what it is, the way you dress, that sort of thing. But let's go back to the text here. God told us, Samuel, he said, stop mourning for Saul. I've already cut off Saul. He's, he's done being king. Arise up. I want you to go. I've got, I've picked someone out. I have provided me a king among Jesse's sons. I thought it was interesting as I was looking at this. You know, Samuel, in, in verse 2, he asked the Lord, he said, instead of being excited, there's a new king. He said, Samuel said, unto, uh, he said, uh, Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he's going to kill me. It's a little bit scary, right? So let's hope, right, that if he's scared of Saul, that he's going the opposite way to get to David, right? He's not. My understanding is, uh, as I was reading about this, is he had to go right through Beth. He had to go right through where Saul was, because if he didn't go right through, that's the way he had to go through through the way Saul was. And uh, it's Gibeah of Saul is where Saul was. He had to go through there to get to Bethlehem. So that's why the Lord told him, "Well, just go there to get a sacrifice." So he did, and the first son that he sees, Eliab. I love what Samuel says here. He says, surely the Lord's anointed. This is him right here. I, I could tell. This is the one. He labeled him immediately. This is who, who God's chosen. I mean, the first one I even came to. I didn't even have to go through some more sons. There he is. But the Lord said, no. He said, don't look on his countenance. Don't look on the way he looks. Look at his, the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Man looks on the outward appearance. The Lord looks on the heart. And by the way, don't try to look on the inward appearance. You're not gonna, you're not gonna find it. But God does. He can see inside each one of us. He knows. So all of Jesse's sons come before him, seven of them. And it seems like an afterthought here of, he says, is this it? This is all you got? I haven't heard from, from God yet that any of these are king. And it's almost like Jesse's like, yeah, I do have one more son. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got another son. Yeah, he's the young one. He's out there tending to the sheep. That's a glorious job, huh? Yeah, you take care of the sheep. Get out of here, right? I don't think that that was quite how it was, but when David showed up, the Lord immediately says, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Tonight, where are you at? Are you where God can use you? Now bring that right back to me. Am I where God can use me? Arise. Anoint him, for this is he. God had a plan for David. 
He was kind of the unlikely person to become king. And later on, if we read the next chapter, is very familiar to us with Goliath. And he met up with Eliab again. Eliab seems like maybe he was a little sore that he wasn't the king to be anointed. And his little brother. Anybody here have an annoying little brother? I'd probably don't say that if they're anywhere here. Maybe an annoying big brother. Right? Sorry, Braxton, I didn't mean to look at you there. <laughs> Those little brothers are not, they're not, they're not always the best, seems like, right? But as David came, Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. This is in chapter 17, verse 28. Why camest thou down hither, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Even attacked who he was. Just, you know, we don't really, you know, you're, you're insignificant. What are you doing here? I know thy naughty and thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Amen. We can, we can hang on to that. God has chosen who he chooses. In the first Corinthians, we read that God, not many wise, not many noble, not many mighty are called. By the way, that says not many. It doesn't say not any. So there are some mighty. There are some noble. There are some wise. I know there's some some really wise people here in, 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 that are in school right now that, that can... They, anyway, they're wise. God still called you. But not many. Because that's why. God chose... What were his disciples? Who were they? They were fishermen. They weren't anybody that was, that was elite. They were nobody that you would say, all right, Jesus is here. He's the Messiah. He's going to pick out 12 fishermen. Is that the story you would have written? I don't think you would have, but that's the story God wrote because God sees on the heart. Tonight, how are you labeled? How are you labeling yourself? Are you realizing that God has a purpose in your life? And what is that purpose? You may already know what that is. You may already know, all right, God has called me here. God has called me there. But have you checked with the Lord? Have you checked with God? With the, Is that really where he's calling you? And, and by the way, this is a young people's service, but that speaks to all of us. We want to make sure that we're seeking God's will. Tonight, if you're saved, if you're not saved... The fact that you're here tonight shows that God has called you. Would we agree with that? God has called you here tonight. God has called you. He says, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. And John chapter 15, verse 16, he told his disciples, he says, ye have not chosen me, but what? I've chosen you. So don't get on your, your, if you're saved tonight, don't put yourself up here and say that God is, yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Lord, you're thanking me that I, you should be thanking me that I'm here. No, it should be the opposite way. We should, we should realize that God, God has called you. He's chosen you. He's chosen me. We haven't chosen him. You may think that sometimes. You hear that from time to time in the world, make a decision for Christ. I get what they're saying, but I don't know about that. I think the Lord's making a decision for you. 
Are you going to take that? Are you going to allow him to? He's already called you. You're here tonight. We're going to have an opportunity here in a few moments to come down to these altars and seek the Lord for whatever your need is, for whatever my need is. You know, when we talk about this gospel, we're talking about life and death. We're not, we're not messing around here tonight, I hope. Uh, you know, I don't know who the oldest person is here tonight, but I can guarantee if they've been in this church at least for most of their life, they've heard about the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church. And they've been told to be ready. Still hasn't happened, has it? It's going to happen. We know that. We believe that. But you may think, well, that's far off. Well, you know what's not necessarily far off is us going into eternity, you going into eternity, me going into eternity. We don't know. In fact, James says, what is your life? It's but a vapor. Just here for a little time, and then it's gone. saw a t-shirt the other day that said it's weird being the same age as old people. That, that spoke to me. Sadly, it spoke to me. But who would have thought that we'd be in 2023? Who, who would have thought that? But here we are. But we don't know when our next, our last breath is coming. We, we, brother, I was just thinking of Brother Joey. He didn't know when his last breath was coming. But it happened. It could be at any moment. Are, are you ready? Are you ready? We, we got to stop fooling around. We got to make sure that we're, we're where we should be. I want to close tonight. I read in 1 Corinthians some labels in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, reading verses 9 through 11. says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Explaining each one of these is another sermon. But I challenge you to look at these, look at each one of these things mentioned here. And, and look them up and see what they mean. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I don't care what you think. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the, what the word of God says. Amen? But let's go to verse 11. Hmm. Glory to God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. Amen? You are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That, that jumps out at me. And such were some of you. But God has delivered you. And if you're not delivered tonight, we have an opportunity to come in these altars. Come unto me, all ye that are laboring and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. we got to come God's way, though. If you're not saved, tonight is an opportunity. You've been called. God is calling you. If you're saved, amen, how's your walk going? How, how are things going in your spiritual life? 
Can you read the Bible? It says, let a man examine himself and see if he be of the faith. We need to examine ourselves. We do that every day. We look in the mirror before we leave to go. I mean, most of us do anyway. Sometimes it's scary what we see, but God helping us, spiritually speaking, looking into the mirror of God's word and asking him, what, what, what do I need, Lord? Where am I at? What am I doing? Am I, am I walking faithfully? Am I treating my wife the way she deserves to be treated? Am I treating my brother and my sister? And I'm talking about not at church. That's easier. I'm talking about your brother or sister at home, that annoying one. Are you treating them right? God help us. Our testimony's at stake. What about at school? What about at work? Are you, are you, are you showing the light of the gospel? Are you showing the good works so they can see those good works and what? Glorify your Father in heaven. God help us to submit our lives to Him. And you know what? God is here tonight. We've got opportunity. Don't let this opportunity go by without asking God to show you where He wants you to be, how He wants you to do. What what labels are you putting on yourself? And what labels are other people putting on you? And God help us, Lord, to, to make sure that our lives are lined up to His Word. Song is 272. Come to the altars and pray.